Hi there, Phil. How are you doing? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'll jump straight in if that's okay. Sure, go right ahead. How did your career in sound design begin? I was living uh, for a little while in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and uh, I was working for Enterprise Rent-A-Car at the time. And Sounds we ended up, yeah, ended up renting some vehicles to a production company. We were shooting some commercials up in Santa Fe. I ended up just becoming friends with the guys because I was really interested in what they did. And they're like, well, you have to come to L.A. So I went out and visited. I moved out just over a month later. I ended up, and this was January of 97, at a studio with a sound designer, Oscar-winning sound designer, Frank Serafini. And so I kind of like worked on Foley. I worked on mixing. I worked on sound design. As soon as I got into sound effects, I knew I hit the right thing. It just really, really clicked. So, I mean, how do you work with Naughty Dog? Are you in-house at Naughty Dog? I am, uh, I'm on staff, okay. so I'm the audio lead for one of the teams, and then Bruce Swanson is the audio lead for the other team. Cool. So, what's your favorite part of being a sound designer? Uh, my favorite part is actually, like, making things come alive. When I read a script, or I look at something, or I see animation, or I see what's going on, I can hear kind of what's happening. I love trying to have that blank canvas and... See how see what is the motivation and how what are the what stories are they trying to tell and and how can I provide um, enhancements to that and just and really just kind of make it come alive. Do you find it much better working on games than you do in TV and film? Yeah, it's different. I, I love working on both actually. I've I've tried really hard not to be pigeonholed just because I think I saw where the future was kind of happening with a lot of entertainment where a lot of opportunities for a new ground to be broken would be. Yeah. Linear media is a lot of fun because. No matter how, what you do, it always happens the same way. Like, it's like it's like being a sculptor. It's like getting underneath and digging out the layers and figuring out what you can do to really make it work because that's the way it's going to be. In an interactive medium, uh, the challenge is tenfold because not only do you have to figure out what story you're trying to tell, but how the player can mess it all up and try to <laughs> and try to figure out how to make it sound good in any of those circumstances at least as close as possible the fun is a challenge i did a, a keynote at develop back in 2011 and i interviewed uh the other audio lead bruce swanson and our audio programmer jonathan lanier just about you know what they felt was the future and it was interesting one of the things that came up with interactive it's like we're no longer really sound effects designers, but we're more sound behavior designers. Yeah, yeah. I because it, all these objects and characters and everything have these like unique and very specific behaviors that kind of tell us what the sound should be in a way and how it should react in that world. That's some of the toughest stuff to do, but it's 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 pretty challenging and fun. Well, was there anything that was particularly the biggest challenge of The Last of Us? I think the biggest new challenge for us was probably the design challenge, of course, was the infected. We really wanted to make these people, and they are people, kind of scary but sad at the same time. We really wanted to understand that the people were not evil, the infected were not evil, it was the fungus. These people were being driven to this madness and to the state. We really wanted to make sure that the sound came across as especially for, to the different levels of the infected, of how much humanity was still there. You know, in directing the, uh, some of the actors that we did, our senior sound designer, Derek Espino, told them, it was like, okay, imagine that there was a rope tied around you, and as much as you're fighting against it, it's pulling you forward, you know, to try and get this, this feeling of, of pain and unstoppable power behind it. And one of the things that I love working at Naughty Dog is how collaborative it is. 
And we would actually work with the animators as well. One of the things that with that emotion, we actually got, and I think you can see this in the game and in some of the pictures, that their eyes kind of get wide like this, like, I don't want to be doing this. Yeah. It's a small thing, but it's emotive. Yeah, trying to bring those emotions across in sound is a difficult thing when people are used to the tropes of uh, zombies. We're trying to do something different and uh, tell a different story. But yeah, I mean, just coming up with the different versions of the infected were very different, especially the clicker, because that's where we started with. When our, our, our character lead, uh, Michael Nolan, finally came up with the design with the bloom of, of fungus that exploded from the head, and there were no eyes, it was, it, it was a very, very quick discussion saying, echolocation. So, you know, immediately I'm like, oh, shit. How are you going to make that interesting and fun and cool and, and scary, but also bring kind of emotive uh, quality across? We worked really hard to think about how we were going to do that, and we decided very early on that we were not going to use any type of animal sounds right. whatsoever. It was all going to stay very, very human. In fact, <laughs> yours truly here is the male clicker. So Most of the questions we've had are to do with your inspirations for how the clicker came about and the way you did it. So, I mean, one of our readers' questions, actually, from uh, Haley in Huddersfield. She says, what inspired you in creating the clickers and how did you actually go about it in depth? We actually did a lot of research in human echolocation. And there, there are uh, some extremely talented people who have no sight that are able to cre do echolocation. There, uh, there's some people that, you know, t use their hand. But there are some people who have learnt to use uh, a broadband kind of like click like that with their mouth uh, and get the information back. So the science is there. Okay, that's great, but and doesn't really sound scary. It doesn't really emote this kind of fear. Derek and I were just thinking like, okay, well, we've tried a few things. Why don't we hire some really awesome vocal talent? This actress by the name of Misty Lee came up with this sound, which just Derek and I looked at each other and we were like, oh God, this is it. I'm going to do it here. I don't know how it's going to come across, but it's kind of like... She just made the sound and she was able to do it. And it doesn't really destroy your throat so much. So we were able to get a lot of it. That tearing, kind of the the in the inhale against the vocal cords, which causes that that tearing and popping. Yeah, we were able to yeah. isolate that and separate it out and manipulate that. And those, each of those, mixed with some, you know, kind of like kind of mouth sounds and yeah. things that create the wetness and the the tone of the mouth, are what became the clicks. And this is probably the single design statement of the entire game, is that less is more. Once we found that the less was more, it just became horrific sounding. We got a lot of feedback yeah. from the Focus Test players like, uh, I shit my pants. Uh, <laughs> so I thought we were on something. See, that was quite an inspiration for the, the soundtrack and the soundscape, wasn't it? it was the, the whole less is more, as you say. Yeah, um, we, were, we were really influenced by movies like No Country for Old Men. We were looking at the core mechanic of being tensioned and scenes like in the hotel room of No Country for Old Men. And we really felt that there was something special. Most games are about more, give me more, give me more information, give me more sound, give me more visuals. As a sound designer, as someone who comes from post, and also I've done a lot of mixing and I mean, the, the, the single most important aspect of, of learning to be a mixer is it's the art of reduction. We wanted to think about how we could set the mood, set the tension. And a lot of that was pulling sounds away, pulling what was, wasn't necessary. 
I worked heavily with the uh, the music production guys from Sony, Jonathan Mayer, who's music producer manager, and Scott Hanau, who's the other producer and the integrator. For us, it was like, okay, what can we not say? And that that was that was amazing. It was it was so much fun to, to play with that and to try to achieve that. It was very hard technically as well. A lot of times we deal with memory issues in, in games. We deal with limitations. We deal with technology, which basically just messes up sound. One of the things that we really wanted to achieve was the fact that sound did things in the world. It actually lived in the world. So there was a lot more detail in this game. We actually ended up with probably about three times the amount of sound as Uncharted 3. It's funny you mentioned Uncharted, really. That was one of our other questions of how much different it was to work on The Last of Us compared to Uncharted? I, I was a senior sound designer on Uncharted 2. I worked under Bruce Swanson, who was the audio lead on that project. Yeah. Bruce and I have a lot of the similar ideas about sound, and he also comes from feature film. So we, we look at things on a holistic level of, like, what's the story we're trying to tell? What, what is the player trying to feel at that moment? What is the director wanting us to focus on? So you're, you're trying to bring this sense of adventure. And even though Nate is, like, Nathan Drake is, like, you know, kind of the everyman, he, he has specific abilities to, uh, to, to, to jump and, and leap and avoid, you know. And, and it's, it's about these big pulp moments you know towers crumbling and and gunfights blazing and all these things that you want to feel in a summer blockbuster in the last of us it was much different where we tried to strip that down it, it was almost like what you didn't hear was more important we went from what i was considering kind of like kind of uncharted being a realistic sounding game in a way to something that was even more grounded everything can be picked out everything can be noticed we we really had to strip it down and the challenge was trying to make it more accessible so we we did a lot of real world foley we did a lot of real world recording a lot of real space recording um things that really tried to make it grounded in this world it's funny you mentioned sad as an emotion earlier with the infected because i mean it seems to be a running theme one of our questions from jimmy and Huddersfield as well actually relates to that he says how did you find it creating the perfect atmosphere with the music to go along with the emotional storyline? We had we, we kept like this folder of music that we were inspired by. We were looking at different movies and different soundtracks, which kind of made us feel a certain way. In almost every single one of our folders that we had, Gustavo Santaolio was was in there. It just had this really great tone to it. We just went for it. He got the pitch. He actually told Neil, I'm working on this. Something about this story resonated with him. He hit it just out of the park with everything that he provided to us. And it was, it was beautiful, beautiful. How many were you overall on the, in the sound design team? Four to five sound designers internally, two integrators, two dialogue scripters, a dialogue supervisor. But we also, uh, we also contracted Sound Deluxe DMG, uh, led by Scott Gershon, to do our cinematics and uh, our Foley work. They have great Foley stages. At the very last minute, trying to get all the last minute stuff in, uh, we basically contracted a lot of people from the Sony production development sound team. So, I mean, how do you delegate within a sound team? So we have a senior sound designer on the team. First, we had Steve Johnson, who did uh, Journey. And then I brought in Derek Espino afterwards to be the senior sound designer. So he was kind of in charge of the sound design 
of the vision for the game and working with the other sound designers and making sure they delivered everything that was necessary for the levels, whether it was ambiences, the Foley, in-game cinematics, all these, these bits in the world, including, including all over 320 bumpable physics items <laughs> that are in this world that could make sound. And then uh, I worked with Jonathan Mayer, who's our music supervisor yeah. on it. And so he was, it's his job to make sure that all the stuff from Gustavo comes in. It's all creative. It all fits Neil's vision. It all fits the game's vision. And then working with him and Scott to make sure it's integrated within the mix. And then working with Jimmy or James Barker, our dialogue supervisor, who worked directly with Neil on the script and making sure he was at the dialogue shoots, both motion capture and ADR in studio, and making sure that the dialogue sits where it needs to do be at all levels across the game, as well as localization. <laughs> so you, the idea is the idea is as a lead, you want to surround yourself with key people who you can trust, who you can delegate to, who you can make sure fulfills the overall vision of the the product that you're trying to make. Delegation at that point can come easy. Everyone had more of like their purview to work on. It was more of like this person is in charge of like environmental audio and ambiences, and this person's working with the Cinemax, and this person's in charge of the infected. Yeah. When you assess whether you're going to hire someone to be on the sound design team, I mean, how do you go about that? How would you pick someone to be on your sound design team? It depends what level I'm going to hire them at, whether it's senior, regular, junior, or kind of assistant level. More than anything, I think, I think I'm looking for someone who's ha- who kind of just gets it. Like, they may not have the best sound library at their hands, but they understand how sound is put together. Yeah. They understand how to tell a story. They understand subtext. They understand editing. You know, there's, there's a technical and there's a creative Technical, you can kind of get there, but if you don't have the creative, it's really hard to get there. You can tell who has got the concept down and who doesn't. So uh, resumes are great, but it's the reels. Excellent. I mean, this next question kind of ties in with the reader's question as well. We've got uh, Lawrence in Leeds who's asking about the technology you use and whether you adapt to the new technology as it comes out or whether you stick with old methods. But I also wanted to ask you what software you use and how you integrate all your sound design into it and what you use to make your sound design. Especially today, you have to keep the razor sharp. You can spend thousands of dollars in software and and pro tools and and kits and everything else, but if you don't have the concept in your mind of how it gets put together to video, then you're going to fail. It's what you have in your heart, what you have in your mind is is what really kind of makes it come alive and and, and makes it great for the player. Technology-wise, I mean, we... We're, we're a Pro Tools studio, all Pro Tools studio, 5171 uh, for surround mixing. I mean, we've got, without going through a laundry list, we go. We have a variety of plugins that we use. We try to work creatively in those situations. We do a lot of field recording. That's a big part of it, is coming up with the right sound that you want for what you're trying to achieve. There's a lot of internal tools we use to get the stuff in the game. We're, we don't use middleware. We use Sony proprietary tools, Screen, and they're, they're synth boomerang on the PS3. And I can't say this enough. For any game sound designers out there, anybody who's working in games right now, I cannot say enough how important it is to have a very competent, competent and creative audio programmer. And we are lucky to have one of the greatest guys, Jonathan Lanier, as our audio programmer. Ultimately, he will make something that exceeds my expectations on what we're able to achieve technologically for sound. Actually, Jonathan wrote more code on The Last of Us than all three Uncharted's combined. 
we, I think we made something that, that is kind of like my dream gig as far as like making sound for a game. It just, it really just came together. That kind of answers my other questions, um, which would be, what would be your <laughs> ideal project to work on? But, uh, it sounds like you've already found it. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, this, this, this was, this was an amazing project. I mean, yeah, I, creatively there's there's other things you know as a sound designer like oh i want to make the best laser i want to make the best gun i want to make the best explosion and these kinds of things right but um you you try and challenge yourself in different ways that you know you're like oh how do they do that you know you listen to other guys and i'm i'm constantly constantly encouraged and driven by what other sound designers do to any game producers or directors or anything else watching this or getting hold at some point it's like work with your audio team let them help you tell the story because that's what we do does this mean that the last of us is your most challenging project or was there something early on because it was early on that was more challenging i think if i'm not pushing myself i'm sorry guys to say this but if i'm not pushing the people who are working with me you know and put taking them out of the comfort zone then i don't think we're doing the best job we possibly can yeah i, I would i would I, honestly i would say the last of us is the most challenging just because of the level of work we were trying to achieve in the game yeah the level of believability that we had to keep up to keep the player immersed in this world i, I love for me i love going on youtube and watching walkthroughs now yeah and see how how, how people are responding to the game some guy picked up the modded pipe with the scissors in Billstown for the first time, and he swung it, and he goes, oh, that sounds dangerous. Something as simple as that, and that's what it's about, right? Well, it definitely seems to be working with The Last of Us. It, it's doing amazingly well already, and it's not been out that long, and I know it's flying off the shelves, and the soundscape and the sounds and the music are a key factor that everyone's already commenting on, so... It's definitely a job you yeah. should be proud of. Very, very proud, right. very humbled. I mean, being on this side of it, you know, where all the bones are buried, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, know, we know everything that went wrong. We know everything that, that didn't make it in. We know everything that we tried and failed, right? Because you're going to have those failures. And so the fact that the, uh, the whole of the experience is greater than the sum of its parts and just, just speaks to people is extremely humbling and extremely motivating to, to push yourself to do more next time, right? And that's what I encourage other sound designers to do is, is do your best. Just do your best. Keep pushing. Sometimes you're going to fail. Sometimes you're going to succeed. And it's just those accidents that happen and you put yourself out there and work hard. It's just, it really, it's a really a function of working hard and being creative. What is your top number one tip for aspiring sound designers who want to get to where you are? I, I would say push yourself, be creative. There's not just one tip. I, I, you can't really just think of one tip for it because it's all so integrated. Study storytelling. Be encouraged. Put yourself in positions that you don't like. Technologically wise, try and learn new things. Work hard. Give it your all. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You just have to be there no matter the size of the project, uh, no matter the budget of the project. Um, if you take it on, kill it. Just make it work. Make people proud of you. Make yourself proud. I think that's that's a huge, huge part of doing great work because it doesn't matter if it's a cartoon or anything else. I mean, you can you can do it and just have to just have to give it your all. Well, Philip Kovacs, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you today. We really appreciate you, you uh, giving up your time to talk to us. And 
Thank you very much. No, it's great. I, I, it was awesome. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It's it's great to do something like this because I mean to be able to talk with with you know fellow sound audio geeks yeah. and bring the process alive, right? Because that's what we want to do. That's that's what I want to do is I want to help further our industry and help further sound to be a better part of the of the medium. We're all storytellers and we're all part of this experience. And to make the experience better for us and shine for us is great. Thank you very, very much. It was great to be a part of this. And Maybe see you. You're very welcome. Take care of yourself. All right, bye. You too. Take care.